1: The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball.
0: Diego ready to go with the first pitch on its way. Swing and a line drive left side of the infield. Fielded by Wendell. He made the catch! Rays win! Rays win! Rays win! And they're on their way to the American League Championship Series as they knock off the New York Yankees,
2: two to
1: one. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week. Take a look around Major League Baseball and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. Just a swing and a drive hit well in the air towards right. Mookie Betts going back to the wall, gone. A first inning homer for Randy Arosarena, number
3: ten of the postseason. It's one nothing Rays.
1: Here's your host, Neil Solons.
4: Good morning. Welcome to our final show before the All-Star break. Today we'll chat with All-Stars Mike Zunino and Joey Wendell, who just yesterday was added to participate. I'll discuss Zunino's success with coaches Chad Mettola and Paul Hoover. We'll look at the week gone by with the rest of of Valley Sports Sun. We'll visit with prospect Nico Hulsizer and also preview the draft with the Rays Rob Metzler and MLB.com's Jonathan Mayo. Welcome back to This Week in Race Baseball. I'm Neil Solans. Last Sunday, Mike Sunino learned for the first time he was going to the Major League All-Star Game. And I asked Mike
2: if his first All-Star Game invitation has sunk in yet. Uh, a little bit. Uh, I still don't think it'll hit me until, uh, you know, The family and I are on the way to uh, Colorado. You know, it's one of those things where it's interesting. You get the news and stuff, but there's still over a week left to play uh, before the All-Star break, so uh, focusing on on playing here, finishing the first half strong, and then, uh, you know, Sunday I'll be able to enjoy it with my family.
4: Does this further justify your decision, I guess, the fact that everything is gone as well as it has and you were an All-Star for the first time?
2: Yeah, yeah, one of the biggest decisions for me in free agency, priority number one was to try to get back here. Um, I felt like... You know just with the coaching staff uh, motor in particular hitting wise that you know we were making some strides uh, I've said it before but I'm just grateful for this organization and, and Eric for giving me numerous opportunities uh, maybe not when the st- statistics were there but you know seeing that there's progress being made and, and trusting uh, my ability and bring me back and I, I feel like motor and I've been able to continue to work and uh, you know on the offensive side it, it's really helped let's get to that
4: when did that really start when did you start to see results and when did you gain that trust because that's really important with a hit coach especially
2: results wise i didn't really see until we got to the postseason in 2020 but i mean this went all the way back into after the after the season in 2019 you know that work started there i met with motor a couple times i came here you know did some body evaluation stuff trying to feel where i could progress and and you know gain more stability and strength yeah yeah just been sort of a resilient workload with, with motor day in and day out, trying to stay on top of things. And it's crazy how long some things can take to, to come to fruition, but, you know, it's a lot of muscle memory we were trying to to rehaul. And, uh, you know, saw some there in 2020 and in the playoffs, and then when I got into the offseason, once I started doing my workload and stuff started coming naturally, I knew that we were really making some good strides. I
4: see the early work that you do on the field often, too, where you're hitting. How did that start, and what are your, like, triggers to make sure when things aren't as right as you want them to be that they get right
2: the biggest thing that i had to get over was you know really what the ball is doing i'm just trying to focus on where my body's at what moves i'm making at the plate you know and then whatever happens in the early work it happens i'm just trying to you know mechanically get into a spot where i know is right and then i can sync up with the pitcher as it goes on but for me just simplicity uh you know really trying to to hold and maintain my load uh, in my back hip, you know, and for me, it was finding out how to get there. It took a while, uh, a lot of work with some different pieces of equipment and finally got to that. And as we figured that out, we ended up going and, you know, working our way up the body and, you know, whether it was from there to the waist, to the hands, where my feet are set up and I uh, just continue to stay on it. Like I said, it's far from a, a finished product. Uh, you know, there's still probably close to only 200, 225 at bats under the belt with it where it feels right. And, you know, we'll just continue to grow off that.
4: How much does it mean to you to go to the all-star game with him and with his entire staff
2: Uh, a lot I mean that's gonna be pretty special I mean uh, I've grown so much as a player here I mean just the ability to come here the the joy that they bring and showing up to the ballpark every day uh, you know is a lot of fun but but real realistically be able to spend that you know obviously with Cashy but to be able to spend it with Hoove, Snides and Motor is going to be something special with guys that I work so much with
4: you talked about Motor how about Hoove
2: and Kyle Snyder what have they meant to you and how have they helped you grow yeah, I mean, who've uh, you know? When it comes to the defensive side, uh, we, we knew some stuff that we wanted to keep and some stuff we wanted to overhaul, uh, and then even going into this year, going down to solely the the one knee down setup uh, was something that we had a lot of talk about. Me being a little bit of. You know, as stubborn as I am to try to want to be, you know, as old school as possible, realize that it was going to put my body in a better position to receive and block, and uh, it really has. So he's been great with that. You know, it's still relatively new, you know, to both of us. We do a lot of digging, a lot of research, watch some guys across the league, see some stuff. So we're just still trying to fine-tune that. And then when you go to Snides, you know, just the ability to, to, you know, interpret some of the data that we get, pitch calling, you know, game planning, just continue to learn, you know, uh, a heck of a lot from him I, I'd put a, a lot of money that he's one of the smartest guys in baseball when it comes to that you mentioned the one knee and going to that
4: how much better do you feel physically now than you normally would at the all-star break
2: yeah I mean the body feels good uh there's some stuff you know obviously making some tweaks and we didn't really fully go on that until you know probably spring training this year and just weird things, you know, mostly being on that, where's it going to affect the body? Where's the body's going to get tight compared to where it does with both knees up? Uh, so the recovery stuff has taken a little bit of uh, discovery, too. But from the, the stance of workload, I mean, just being able to go there, isolate some of the body parts and just receive when nobody's on, it takes a lot of stress off my lower half. And it, it's made me feel better. And, you know, maybe it's one of those things that helps me at the plate as well.
4: I know you're focused on these last few games and this last series with Toronto, but what are you most excited about? when it comes to the All-Star game and the experience yeah
2: I think realistically just being able to experience it with my family you know it's one of those things with with Alyssa you know being there you know through this journey for the past nine seasons is is something incredible she's seen the highs she's seen the lows you know and then just being able to have my kids there to be able to you know have Rhett and Paisley on the field during the home run derby or you know taking pictures with them and just just realizing that you know we were able to experience that once we've had our kids and our family there it's, it's gonna be real special so that I'll hold on to it for a long time how many total family members are going to this Oh, man. I, I think between my family and, and uh, Alyssa's family, I think we'll have about 10 total adults. There's some. There's a lot of young kids that will be, be coming along, too, but uh, I think we're sitting around 10 total adults. So it'll be exciting. Uh, a lot of people that have been in my corner throughout this whole thing, so it'll be fun for them to experience it as well.
4: What is Alyssa most excited about? Have you talked to her about what – obviously, she's been part of this game for a while with you.
2: I think just experiencing it. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, there, there's been a lot, of, uh, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of lows, a lot of stuff where, you know, we're – you're thinking about what you're going to do next but uh you know i think just being able to experience it just being able to go out there you know it, it's sort of a, a free and easy atmosphere there's obviously a lot of stuff on the itinerary base that way but you know it's not the stress of how the season's going on you know there's one game that we'll focus on you know and hopefully win but for the most part it's gonna be able to enjoy it spend some good quality time with the family uh and just soak it in for what it is
4: are there any particular players you're especially excited to chat with obviously you're going to get to talk to a lot of pitchers that's for sure
2: yeah uh, i mean i think the whole time you know the whole thing i mean i think being able to see guys from top to bottom i mean obviously playing against a lot of these guys for majority of my career uh it'll be fun but there's some guys that heck that i've played with through the fall league that are going to be there and that are having great years so to catch up with those guys uh you know be heck it'll be really exciting to see otani you know play and be in the dugout with him but uh no just a lot of great talent there you know a lot of guys i respect competing against that i'll be i'll be interested in and excited to have conversations with
4: Who was with you in the fall league?
2: Uh, Kyle Gibson was one of the guys, and uh, he was there. Chris Taylor, I got drafted, or we got drafted by Seattle together. He'll be over there with the NL. You know, it's going to be pretty cool to see guys that you've come up with and do stuff like that that will be there and and sort of experiencing similar things with them.
4: The other catcher is Salvador Perez. Obviously, he's been an all-star many times. Have you had much of a
2: chance to talk to him, and what will it be like? Because he is a guy who has – Gone to one knee for a while now, right? Yeah, I mean, heck, with Salvi, I, I've played against him my whole career, uh, you know, and obviously being able to uh, cross paths with him and, you know, seeing the teams that he was a part of there in Kansas City and what he brought there is amazing, and uh, to just sort of see how he goes about his business, talk to him, what he how he views the game, uh, you know, it's one of those things with catchers, you know, it's a very interesting position, uh, you know, there's a lot deeper conversations that maybe we can have and go over, but, uh, yeah, like I said, it's one of those things where I'm excited to go against guys, or talk to guys that I've gone against for numerous years now and just sort of pick their brains and be in the same clubhouse as them will it hit you when you get off the plane when you get in the locker room when do you think it's really gonna the wow moment i've really thought about it you know i think you know you know, the, the sigh of relief will happen once, you know, we're on the plane heading out that way. But once it all happens, you know, maybe when we roll into the hotel, maybe we want to go to the clubhouse for this first time. But it's one of those things where it's going to be interesting to turn off competitor mode for a second, you know, going through, you know, what we went through last year in the postseason and being in the same hotel as guys that you're playing against is a little different. But to be able to go somewhere and, you know, be able to experience something with these guys and, and uh, celebrate what an accomplishment is it's going to be exciting.
4: What does it mean
2: to you the way the group came to you, the way the group responded to you everything you know it's one of those things cash you preached it um, you know, be a good teammate. I try to go, you know, my whole career, just trying to be the same guy, trying to be a good friend, good teammate to anybody I can be. Uh, so to see uh, genuine excitement and those guys happy for me, uh, uh, it means a lot. That that goes further than anything anyone can do for you. Just to being excited for somebody for what they've done it is it means a lot, and it's something that I would try to be equally excited for guys here. But sometimes you can't express how happy you are for people.
4: Are you disappointed that Tyler's not going? That he wasn't named because I think everyone believes he's an all-star.
2: Yeah, it was one of those things. I texted him right after, and uh, I think even when you look at his numbers for how, you know, how as little as he's thrown in these last couple of weeks and where he still stands in some of the ranks of, of innings or strikeouts and stuff like that, he belongs to be there. You know, it's hard because how much that means to guys, whether they go into arbitration or going to contract talks, you know, it's, it's a big talking point. But I just think for for what he's done and his growth in his career, he he, he deserves to be there. And uh, there's not a doubt in my mind that he'll be there one day.
4: I don't think there's any doubt, and we're glad that you are going there. Congratulations again. Enjoy the experience, and thanks for being with us on this week in Race Baseball. Great. Thanks, Neil. And that's Mike Zanino, who's going to the All-Star Game, 19 home runs so far this year. Now, yesterday, Joey Wendell became a late addition, and like Zanino, Wendell's going for the first time, and Joey, as you can guess,
5: was humbled. Uh, I'm definitely honored. I, I mean, like, you know, you look in our clubhouse, and, and I see just so many guys uh, deserving of the All-Star Game, so many so many good players. And then, you know, think about around the league, too. I mean, there's so many good players, um, you know, that... that won't be playing in the all-star game so I you know I'm just truly humbled that you know to even be in consideration and then and then to be picked as you know the kind of like the last last minute guys um you know it's uh yeah just really humbling and excited I'm 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 looking forward to it
4: we heard that Kevin had a pretty interesting way of letting you know how did he tell you
5: I mean he had, had, had like a meeting got everybody together after the game and just told the guys he said a uh, Mike Trout was selected for the All-Star Game, but he can't come, so they wanted the the next best player in the league, Joey <laughs> Wendell. So it was uh, it was it was pretty fun. Yeah, it was uh, it was exciting. I really wasn't expecting it. The only I mean, Mark put it on my radar earlier that day when he when when he asked. So I I mean, I don't really all that stuff or, or look at it or anything like that but but yeah i'm excited and, and super thankful
4: as someone who has grinded as much is there a greater appreciation for this maybe than
5: yeah i mean i don't i don't mean i know people say by the way i play like that i've you know grind and stuff like that but i mean i've enjoyed every second of it and um you know i it's just that's just the way i play and just kind of the way that i am and you know i don't you know I, I feel like um, this is just a culmination of so many people working so hard in my life and you know it's uh, you know it's truly an honor but I feel like gosh like I wouldn't be here without so so many people so um, you know it's just a time for me to kind of reflect on reflect on that and all the people that have helped me get to this point
4: and what will it mean to Lindsay and the kids and who else is going to get to go with you
5: yeah, I mean, we we got to figure all that stuff out now. I mean, we're still working on less than twelve hours from now, and most people sleep during the night. So, um, uh, yeah, just yeah. I mean, I know she's excited. The boys are getting excited. You know, get to go on an airplane and all that fun stuff with daddy. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it'll be special to do it as a family. I mean, that's kind of how we've how we've done you know everything to this point in my career. Just try to stay together as much as we can, and you know, to get to share this with with my family. And I know my parents are coming, and and you know, working on some other people if they can you know if they can manage um so yeah it'll be uh it'll be pretty special special week that is joey wendell and we certainly
4: look forward to seeing him and mike suninu in the upcoming all-star game in colorado now coming up arrests DeStrata of valley sports sun and more you're listening to this week in race baseball on the race baseball network Welcome back to This Week in Race Baseball. I'm Neil Solons. Joining us now, Arrestes Destrada of Bally Sports Sun. Oh, Rays 53-36, and 36, game and a half out of first, one game left before the break. Uh, what's your feeling right now about the way this club has played to this point with all they've had to deal with?
6: Uh, exactly. I think the last uh, comment you made there with all they had to deal with, uh, puts that at a plus-plus situation with a game out uh, today, uh, win or lose, I think it's been an extremely successful first half. Uh, it's been a painful first half. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, you know, we've had, you know, some serious injuries. Came out of spring training with some serious injuries. And then uh, we're beset by, you know, arguably the biggest injury with Tyler Glass not going down, Neil. Uh It's still daunting. It's still a little scary because you don't know, you know, what you're going to get uh, down the road as far as when you get farther to the promised land, so to speak. Uh, if a Tyler is going to be available. And you have to play, assuming that he's not. So if that's the case, uh, you know, these guys have covered. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, and they continue to, you know, be resilient and, and just surprise me. Uh, this series alone with the Blue Jays, I think it's a separation series. And I don't think about really separating from the, the, the actual physical numbers, but it's a separation from like maybe the emotional uh, control they have on certain teams, especially on the East Definitely uh, amongst the American League.
4: How pleased are you as we go into this? I know there are bigger goals ahead, but to see Zanino and Wendell go to the All-Star game?
6: Uh, Dramatically. uh, More so for for Z-Man, for Zanino, and and of course for Joey Wendell, the consummate professional. Um, And when you think of, I'll work backwards, Joey Wendell in the first, let's say, six weeks of the season, when... uh, my trio of stars you know of uh, Rosarena, uh obviously Lau and Meadows were just kind of getting going uh, where would we have been without the bats of Joey Wendell, the consistent bats of Joey Wendell and Manny uh, Margot so uh, for me those guys were all stars you know mm-hmm. going into May then everybody kind of got hot at the same time and we, we, we had a dramatic May uh, he's cooled off a little bit but still just you know crushing the ball against righties, just really his main thing has been how, how much he struggled against lefties. Uh, on, on Z-Man, on Danino, that's a different thing. And I keep on saying that people don't realize how, how injured he was and how he tried to play through certain injuries. A couple years ago it was a quad injury that, that I think he tried to come back, you know, uh, too mm-hmm. early from to be candid with you. And then and then uh, he had uh, uh, oblique situations last year. Never been 100%, so now, now we're seeing – what, what this guy can do offensively and defensively, it's in an all-star caliber.
4: You've also got to see the kids this week. You've seen Bruhan, Franco and Walls together. What's your early impression?
6: Wow. Uh, the W's. Only because uh, you got Walls, you got Wander, and then uh, I call uh, Brujan the warlock, and you understand <laughs> that one because you speak pretty good Spanish, and uh, Bruhan Spanish is... Uh, uh, a witch, and he's definitely male, so he's the warlock. And uh, and on top of that, it fits for him because he's very dynamic and kind of uh, I think of him as a a young Jose Reyes back circa you know back in the Mets days. So he's very electric. Uh, obviously, Walls is is a he's kind of just more of a fun defensive player who'll you know pop you every now and then. And then you got the more all around Wander Franco. Trying to figure himself out from the left side. There's no doubt about it. He's struggling from the left side. But think about it. He's 20 years old. Uh, and mm-hmm. let's pull back a little bit and think about a guy by the name of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. When he came up at 20 years old and was also trying to figure out the league a little bit, he didn't crush it. He had, I think, 15 home runs. Hit in the 270s, 280s. You know, and he felt it out. Once he got a little accustomed, uh, that talent really kind of shined. So I'm very, very happy with what we got and what we're going to have for two, three, four years down the road.
4: No question about that. Oh, it's certainly going to be an interesting race coming down the stretch here. Uh, We look forward to the broadcast today on Valley Sports Sun. We appreciate some time on This Week in Race Baseball.
6: You're the best, Neil. You're the best at what you do. You're awesome, buddy. And uh, I'm really excited about the second half. I'm excited about the All-Star game. And uh, I'm excited we'll talk later about what kind of deals we're going to do because it's going to be quite interesting. It
4: will be. That's Arrested Distrada of Valley Sports Sun joining us on this Sunday. Before we continue, why don't we pause for station identification? You are listening to the Rays Baseball
1: Network. WDAE St. Petersburg, W237CW Pinellas Park, WBTP HD3 Clearwater, W224BE Brandon, and
4: iHeart Radio Station. Well, we continue on this week in race baseball and time to take a look at the minor league side and joining us right now is a guy who was minor league player of the month in the race organization for June. That is Nico Hulsizer. Nico, congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for having me on. Tell me what it meant to you to win an award like that and what contributed to such a really good month.
7: Um, you know, it meant a lot. It uh, meant my hard work was paying off and all that. Yeah, you know, uh had a little bit of a slow start, so it was great to turn it around and i um, yeah, win that award and couldn't be happier about it.
4: You, This is your first full year in the Rays organization because last year was going to be. You were traded from the Dodgers in the Adam Kolarik deal. How difficult was last year for you to not be able to play and, and not get kind of really accustomed to the new organization?
7: Yeah, I mean, on uh, 2019, I think I only played about 15 games with the Rays organization. Then I went over to Australia with a couple of the guys, went to spring training in 2020, was there for about two weeks, you know, so I only got to meet a handful of guys and then had the whole year off. So yeah, that year off was tough. You know, I didn't really know anybody yet still after being traded for a whole year and all that. Um, yeah, it, it was a tough year off, but, uh, you know, I've been gelling real well since the, the season started.
4: How helpful, you know, I've heard so many good things about what the Rays did. Deal- last year uh, in terms of just keeping in touch with guys and staying on top? Who who stayed in touch with you the most and how helpful was that?
7: Yeah, they, they stayed in touch a lot. You know, I constantly had guys reaching out to me left and right. You know, people from the medical staff, people from the training staff, and then, you know, managers, coaches, trainers. You know, I talked to actually my hitting coach here the most, Brady North, I'd say. Yeah, they were just constantly checking in, making sure we were getting everything taken care of and helping us with anything we needed.
4: How much did that help with Brady specifically with the trust level? Obviously, you've put up really good offensive numbers. A hitting coach, really, it's important to have that trust, that confidence in what they're trying to do. How much did that help kind of get that relationship started?
7: You know, I met Brady in the short time I was uh, with the Rays in 2019, um, and we instantly connected and stuff. Uh, He's a guy I can talk to about anything. So, yeah, I mean, it's really great to have a good relationship with him, and it helps, you know, being able to talk baseball with him for hours.
4: Describe yourself as an offensive player. You hit, I think, 10 homers in the month of June. Do you see yourself as a power guy, a line drive guy? How do you view yourself?
7: I really just try to hit the ball hard, um, whether it goes over the fence or stays in the park. I think most success happens when you put the ball and play hard. Yeah, I am a power guy, but I'd like to be an all-around hitter. <laughs> um, you know, it's just constant work in progress, but I'm happy with where I'm at and the progression I'm making.
4: Was You mentioned a slow start. Did I read right that you had to deal with? You had to be quarantined for a little bit just because of a close contact situation?
7: yeah so actually the very first game of the season after having the whole year off i got pulled in the eighth inning uh due to contact tracing so then i had to sit out for i think it's 10 to 14 days and then once i got back to uh I had about five days of uh, ramping back up to get into game ready speed and all that so yeah that was just a tough way after you know missing a whole year to you know get back into it and then get told that you got to stop again so yeah it was a tough start
4: obviously you've been able to kind of bounce back from that in a big way and I know the Rays value defense too. Describe yourself as a defender because I know how important it is for the Rays to have complete guys.
7: Yeah, um, I take a lot of pride on my defense. I think it's something that's very controllable. I put in a lot of work there uh, constantly. You know, as much as I love hitting home runs, I also love making big plays. I think they're both equally as fun and they both matter a lot. It's important too, to have
4: motivation. Um, I saw on your Instagram, you've got a, a little one now. Congratulations. How much does that that help and how much does that mean to you? How much has it changed you?
7: Yeah, I mean, it changed everything. Having a son, a stepdaughter back at home too. Um, But yeah, it's changed a lot. You know, I play for him. I play for the people at home. You know, I miss him constantly, but he's visiting a lot, which is good. Yeah, I love that little boy so much.
4: You know, your your background is an interesting one too. Uh, I'm curious. Did I uh, catch this right? Your your uh, dad would rival Mookie Betts a little bit on the uh, in the bowling alley.
7: Is that? <laughs> yeah, he probably would. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, uh, he he had a couple perfect games in his lifetime for sure.
4: <laughs> not too that What What else do you do in terms of or what got you into the game of baseball? And um, did you play a lot of other sports growing up?
7: You know, I played a lot of sports growing up, but I stopped really when I was about in middle school. I realized baseball was the route I wanted to take. Actually wrestled for a short stint in my senior year of high school. But yeah, I I knew baseball is what I wanted to do and I wanted to put all my energy into it. And I'm super happy with that decision for sure.
4: Who'd you grow up wanting to be like or, or who'd you grow up rooting for as a kid?
7: Yeah, so actually I had the Reading Phillies in my hometown, the Phillies double-A team, so I grew up going to a lot of those games and stuff. But the player I really liked the most, I don't know, he stood out to me, it was Pat Burrell, one of my favorite players. I got to meet him actually a couple of years ago and talked to him for a couple of hours uh, when he got inducted into the College Hall of Fame. When I was at the College Home Run Derby in Omaha, uh, he was getting inducted at the same time. So that was a like childhood dream come true. But yeah, he, he's a guy I really modeled my game around and watched constantly.
4: And... It- I saw, well, I've seen photos of you, uh, and, and obviously we're doing this interview over Zoom. You had the blue dreadlocks. You've gotten rid of them. Is there uh, a yeah. no reason? They, they look pretty cool. I, I mean, you still yeah. get the dreadlocks.
7: Uh, yeah. Um, no, it just, you know, it's getting a little hot. We're in the middle of summer here now. I haven't cut my hair in a while. You know, it just felt like it was time. It just felt like it was time. Went for it. Yeah, definitely feeling cooler out there on the field.
4: <laughs> that certainly helps, obviously, playing in uh, Kentucky right now for for Bowling Green. And what's your group like? You know, we've heard so many good things just about the, the way guys relate in the race organization, the, the camaraderie, the teamwork, how different it is from other organizations.
7: So we have a little bit of an older squad, I feel, here, uh, which helps a lot. Uh, there's a lot of maturity on this team. Uh, yeah, we, we get along super well from, you know, the pitching staff to the hitters all around. Just everybody gels great. It's it's a great place to go to work every day. Yeah, they, they, the Rays really take pride on that. And it shows and they, they draft good guys and they bring good guys in this organization. Yeah, I, I love going to work every day with these guys.
4: You know, you always hear that like development is important, but you can learn to win while developing too. And it seems that the Rays follow that motto. How important is it to you? To come to the ballpark every day having a chance to win as much as it is grow as a player
7: yeah you know i think when you're winning a lot of good things are happening you know all around on the baseball field so i, I know some other organizations might not take pride in it but i know the rays definitely do because like i said if you're winning that means other things are going right you know you're pitching well you're hitting well you're playing as a team well and uh we take pride in it here and winning winning's fun Well, yeah. keep it up obviously you're
4: having a really positive impact on the way things are going in bowling green congrats on the honor of uh, Minor League Player of the Month for June and the Rays organization. Thank you very much, Neil. And that's Nico Hullsizer again, the Rays Minor League Player of the Month for June. In total, he now has 13 homers, 41 ribbies, and a 944 OPS for Bowling Green. Coming up on This Week in Rays Baseball, more in the Rays All-Stars from coaches Paul Hoover and Chad Mettola, plus the Rays Rob Metzler and MLB.com Jonathan Mayo on tonight's MLB Draft. You're listening to This Week in Rays Baseball on the Rays Baseball Network. Welcome back to This Week in Race Baseball. I'm Yul Solans. Earlier in the program, Mike Zanino gave a lot of credit to catching coach Paul Hoover and hitting coach Chad Matola for helping him get to the All-Star game. So I asked
3: Paul Hoover how proud he is of Zanino. Oh, extremely. Um, you know, really, really happy for him. Obviously, he's, he's done a lot for us and our organization uh, the last three years, but for him to be honored to, to make that All-Star, All-Star team and be out there um, for the game is, is really cool.
4: Is it like proud big brother type for you? I mean, you've spent a lot of time with him over the last several years.
3: Oh, I wouldn't say proud big brother. I'm just I'm proud, man. Like he we, he's been the ultimate pro. He's done everything that that we've asked him, that, that I've asked him. It's been a great back and forth relationship. He's made me so much better, and and I think in turn I made him a little bit better. But he deserves he deserves all the credit, and really excited that he's going to be going out there. What will
4: it mean to you to be out there with him? To enjoy and share the moment. It's cool. I
3: mean, it's cool that, that, you know, because of the success of our team last year and the guys that we have in the clubhouse that allowed us to get to the World Series, we have the, the honor and uh, to do the All-Star game. And that's cool. That, that That's a really cool and fun thing that you never know if you're going to get a second chance to do. But now you have... Your catcher, the guy that you work with daily to go out there with you to kind of enjoy the moment, I think it's going to be really, really special.
4: It's not often in this organization you get to have the same catcher for several years in a row. How has he grown?
3: I mean, I think I think we, we've we all grown. The organization from, 19, from the time I've been here in 19 with – just kind of getting our, getting our feet wet with the Houston uh, Houston playoffs and then last year getting to the World Series and then obviously this year hope, having high aspirations of what we'd like to do. But we've all grown, him, him, him leading the staff, leading a young staff and doing the different things that, that Kyle and Stan and guys want our pitchers to do. He's, he's, he's grown immensely. Where where do you see it the most? Did you see it in terms of leadership?
4: Do you see it in terms of framing and blocking? I mean, he was good in those areas already, but as a catcher, what do you think are the things that he's now, you know, light years ahead of where he was in nineteen?
3: O- overall, his, receiving, his receiving's gotten light years better. Um, the adjustments he's made with his body. Um, as well as his setups has allowed him to be freer and to give himself an opportunity to, to make more pitches look good, um, but leading the staff and being more vocal. I don't know what he was in Seattle when he first got over. He's probably getting his feet wet a little bit, but now he's he's kind of taking ownership and and trying to help these young guys. And, and he he's doing it with like 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 he's the big brother and he, he's he's guiding these guys the way he wants to, to guide them.
4: It sounds like he's really one of the team leaders now.
3: Um. I think so. I mean, we we, we have a couple guys that, that are vocal, but like you said, guys, you know, KK's one of them, but guys that are in and out so much, the guys that's been here three years, like has, has some clout, and guy, guys look up to him, and obviously he's been in the big leagues and been doing it for a long time, so there's a lot of respect from the guys.
4: He's one of the catchers along with Salvador Perez. Are you anxious to pick his brain, too, and, and what will that be like for you to be out there?
3: Oh, I'm... Uh, yeah, Salvador has been been a Gold Glover, and All Star for a long time. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to be out there. Like I said, I was excited just to be be out there with all the All Stars. But now the Z's going out there with us, or we're going with him. However, however you want to twist it. But really, really excited. It'll be it'll be a couple days that that, that I'll never forget.
4: What are you most looking forward to, and why?
3: Just, just to be, be be around the guys, like just be out there. Hopefully, get to throw some batting practice and just just watch how guys go about their business. Um, but to, to, to share the same clubhouse with the 2021 All Star All Star American League All Star team would be pretty cool.
4: And that's the Rays. Paul Hoover and hitting coach Chad Matola is equally proud of Mike Zunino, the Tampa Bay catcher.
1: Well, it means a lot for all the work he's put in. It just it's very rewarding to know when somebody works that hard that they get the reward at the end. Uh, it's been a long road for him, uh, a lot of creative times for the both of us, and I think we're both in a good place where he's at right now, so that's the most fun moving forward.
4: I asked him when the trust was there. When did you think that, that it, it clicked?
1: Well, I, I think it's one of those things, we both know how hard we work, so the trust is always there, but what we're trying to do sometimes doesn't come to fruition. So it's more of the way this game makes us feel sometimes, the setbacks, the, oh, I figured it out, then all of a sudden, what am I doing? I know that feeling as a player all too well, so I understand some of the thoughts that were going through his head, but I think the respect for each other has always been there.
4: What's the biggest change with him before, let's say, the postseason last year and postseason to now?
1: We have a running joke saying a uh, way to be mature that at bat, except in touching the ball sometimes, realizing the strength he has after some failures, knowing that we're in a good place, not going and redoing the whole swing. So there's been some tough days in the past where we would have said, OK, now what are we going to try today? So when those tough days show up, we just know it wasn't done the right way. And we'll just figure out, let's go back to the routine. So th- that's where the growth has been the most. What will it mean to be there with him? I think it's going to be awesome for both our families. We've talked about that. We understand we get caught so much in the day-to-day things in this game that once we're there and we get to see the the joy in his sons and my kids, and, and that's where the reward lies is, you know, our, our wives work so hard, our kids miss us so much, and then we get to celebrate times like this together. That makes it all worth it.
4: Your son probably would enjoy this as much as anyone, right? Is he? Is
1: yeah, he for sure. I think he's got a chance to show off and for his buddies uh... try to figure out a way to get on tv to show off in front of his buddies i I think that's where it's sitting in for me i feel so guilty all the times that i'm not home and being with him and spending more time with all my sons on the team that my real son loses time so when i get to celebrate things like this with him it's that much more special so beyond the game will the home run derby mean a lot what's going to be what are
4: you excited about as a as someone who appreciates the game
1: it's just one of those things whatever my family wants to do I'll, I'll. figure out the schedule and figure out ways to do it this is more for them than me Uh, sure i'll be watching a lot of guys how they work how they do their business try to steal some ideas Uh, that comes with the territory but i think it's whatever they want to do i'll try to make it happen
4: and that's the race hitting coach chad Matola. let's turn from the all-star game this week to tonight's major league baseball draft the race first pick at 28, and then at 34 on night one. And I asked the race Rob Metzler about what it means to have a draft after a shortened version during the pandemic.
8: It's exciting. I mean, it, I don't know how to put it, but this is this is what we do, and we made the best of the situation in 2020. But this is an incredibly fun time of year, just to put all of a year's worth of work together into into a draft board, and the excitement, the the grind, you put that all together. It's just it's just fun. How different will this draft be? Because
4: you're coming off a year where a lot of people went back to college or were elected not to come out for the draft based on the odd circumstances. Will it be that much of a deeper draft?
8: I think there will be a ton of – I mean, there are a lot of players who decided to return and and got a lot better. And we're excited for those guys, and they're going to be in a good position on our board, you know, top, middle, bottom. Uh, So I I think that certainly helps helps the depth of of the draft. But I I would also highlight the difference just – the disrupted development path that some of these players had—I mean, certainly, you know, not having a Cape Cod League last summer, not having a Team USA last summer, and even really, you know, disrupted development on a lot of campuses in the fall—you know, it's been it's been unique in trying to get to know these players. And I, I think we're going to be ready by 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 Sunday night. But it, it's it, you know, it, it's just a different process than a
4: typical year. The other thing that's different is it's four weeks later than it normally would be in June. So, what did
8: that change in terms of your process? How much different is it? It just gave us an opportunity to i mean on, on a handful of players who either you know based on injury or based on you know opportunity on a college team they're able to go to the cape cod league able to go to the mlb draft league and or able to play in a high school summer league and, and get get more opportunity and we're we're scouting to the finish line so our staff is still out here you know, we have staff up in the cape now who are seeing 2021 eligibles who are going to help us you know help us prepare so that said there are also some
4: guys who said okay i finished my college season or my high school season and i'm done do you bring in more guys for
8: individual workouts because of that than you would in a normal year? We've stayed in touch with those players. If, if there's something within their evaluation that we feel, uh, you know, there's a gap to be filled, we, we will certainly we will use our use the extra time to, to better understand what the player is all about. But in uh, there's some where we feel very comfortable with their evaluation. We we stay in touch verbally or via text, but uh, we might you know the work we might not really feel like a workout's going to help out
4: personal workouts are you doing more of those less of those similar because of the way things are structured than let's say it was two years ago
8: i think similar I, maybe a touch less you know a touch less in a normal year we would have you know a pretty big pre-draft workout at there. medium-sized pre-draft workout at the drop and we kept that a little smaller probably more for just still working our way through covet stuffed and trying to be as safe as possible but you know it's it's a fairly similar environment
4: a lot has changed about the way things are right now, though. One is the fact that the minors are different. You've got a complex league, and then guys go straight to
8: A ball. Does that put more of an emphasis on college players? There are differences in the, you know, the smaller minor league system. You know, does create, you know, making sure that each player has a clear lane for development is an important part of the process. Having said that, there's, you know, there's 17 year old talent, 18 year old talent, and there's 22 22- and 23 year old talent, and and we want to take the best of them of all parts of the draft what about the um the junior college ranks do
4: they become a little more important because they're let's say a little bit older a little bit more mature but at the same time they may be closer to being able to play in a full season league but still have a little more
8: development time i don't know any different than any year other than just there was a lot of a lot of movement this year between you know between compressed collegiate rosters and maybe a few more players bounced to junior college than a typical than a typical time in terms of you know drafting you know is the value of a 19 or 20 year old player different than in previous years you know hard hard for me to say one way or the other on that you're also working now with a 20
4: round draft where a couple of years ago it was 40 how different and how much does that change things
8: <laughs> it, it means we have a shorter board uh, the a slightly different process i mean it just means we have a few less players turned in and, and certainly there's a little bit less opportunity for for players, for, for our staff, to, to bring talent into the system.
4: You guys have been good at finding some guys at the top of the draft, the Shane McClanahan's of the world. Obviously, I see Garrett Whitley's, you know, really taken off this year. But you've also had guys like the Myers and the undrafted guys like the Mike Brossos And I even look at guys that were acquired in free agents, like Colin Q was an 18th round pick. Are you worried that some guys might not get the lane for opportunity that may otherwise have gotten in the past? And how hard is that now for for your guys
8: out on the field? Am I worried? It just is what it is. You know, the, the, we have, you know. Starting spots, we have rotation and pitching spots for just, you know a smaller number of play- pitchers. We have you know less at bats, you know, to go around. The, the we had success, you know, giving opportunities to players like KK or you know Mike Brasso or you know you know others, you know, um, that just aren't there anymore. So does it does it change things? Yeah, but but in terms of. All we can do is, is try and put the most talented players in all of the you know in all of the spots we have at each affiliate and, and go from there.
4: You're drafting further back in the draft than last year and the year before because the team made the World Series, which is great. Is this one of the better years to do so because of let's say the fact that there are some players who stayed back? Is the class deeper this year than let's say the last couple?
8: I think it'll end up being pretty similar to, to most years. Um for sure, as I, as I said, there are there are some you know some players who chose to stay in college or just didn't get the opportunity to go out who made tremendous strides and will add depth to a typical group of 21-year-old college players. So I, there might be a little extra depth, but I, I don't I don't anticipate it being drastically different than a normal year.
4: The other change you mentioned, the Cape League, you know the the MLB draft league.
8: How beneficial has that been? What what have the biggest things that you and your staff have gained from it? I think just more opportunity to evaluate, evaluate players in a different environment, whether it be a pitcher who maybe was pitching in a bullpen role in college and then gets the opportunity to go to one of those leagues and, and pitch the starter and then turn the lineup over multiple times, whether it be a position player who maybe didn't get the opportunity to play shortstop but did so in, in one of those leagues. Um, it just gives us an opportunity to f- you know fill out our evaluations. And the Combine? Was that helpful at all this year? Yeah, was, the combine was fun. We we um we got to to meet with a lot of players that probably you know we maybe would have met with on the phone or over Zoom. You know, in a in a shorter amount of time, we were able to to connect with with a lot of players and get to know what they're all about a little bit more. We, you know, from a medical and sports science standpoint, we we, we gained more information about the draft class, and, and then from a handful of players, you know, there was on field activity too, and and just to check in with how those players are doing i I don't think it would would be like a primary driver within our evaluation on a player but a complimentary piece just to be able to see that play you know it was more of a showcase environment than a typical they were having competitive at bats but it's not like seeing somebody try and win a state championship or trying to see somebody win a conference tournament it's a little bit different but to be able to complement our evaluation is helpful and process-wise on the night of the draft
4: Last year, everything was pretty much over Zoom. I think it was you and Eric, and everybody else was kind of far apart, pretty much. What is it like this year? Is it any closer to the way it was two years ago?
2: Yeah, we're
8: we're not all the way to where we were two years ago. We we will have us all of our cross check staff will be in, and a small group from front office staff, a small um, you know small group of analysts. Um, so, I couldn't give you the exact percentage of our numbers, but but. Um, of our typical numbers but we will have a group of rays in person that that will get together and be able to experience the ups and downs of you know hearing who comes off the board ahead of us uh, together and then and then making the decision and you know in person
4: And that's the Rays' Rob Metzler. He's been head of amateur scouting of the draft for the past six years. Again, the Rays have four of the top 100 picks overall. Time now to take a look at this from a national perspective. And joining me is one Jonathan Mayo of MLB.com and MLB Network. Jonathan, it is your time of year, but it's later this year by about four weeks. How different is that?
0: Well, other than being concerned that uh, you may find Jim Callis and myself curled up in the fetal position after the Futures game and the draft at the same time, in some ways, it's the same preparing for the draft. There's always uncertainty leading up, but this extra time has been very, very strange. I think people in general in the in the scouting industry have kind of not known what to do with themselves. I had one scouting director who said his, his biometrics are all messed up because you know usually we were at a point in time. He's like, I should be congratulating everybody for completing a draft. And he was running out to see a high school shortstop still. So it, it's definitely different. I think the extra time has been good especially given that the summer was not what it normally was in terms of being able to see the top players especially the college players so getting to scout the postseason and even the beginnings of summer leagues the draft combine uh, certainly will be beneficial for all 30 teams
4: so with the combine and with some of the new things that are in place and the fact that you know some guys finish their college league and now go off to the cape or a summer league or a, a draft prospect league or whatever is it helping a lot of guys going forward, or or has it had, for or is it kind of been a mixed bag?
0: I mean, I think it'll largely help. You know, the the draft combine is the you know the first time Major League Baseball has ever tried to do anything like this. You know, so I think there there needs to be you know there need to be some sort of kid gloves when kind of assessing it. You know, the, none of the top guys were going to go, nor did they go. I think where it's going to have the most impact are the guys who were day two drafts and maybe they helped themselves get from you know round 10 to round seven or maybe they went from a day three guy to a day two guy I think it's more of those guys that you know hadn't been seen or if there had been injuries or maybe struggled some and more than any of the the performances it was the ability for teams to sit down and interview any of the players I think one guy that sort of jumps out is Judd Fabian from the University of Florida who seemed like a slam dunk top of the first round guy and really struggled this year uh, but has a ton of of power, a lot of tools, just being able to sit down with a number of teams, and they get a sense of who he was, and sort of how advanced his thinking is, I think is going to help a guy like that more than him taking a round of batting practice uh, would, would ever have.
4: This year's draft comes off a shortened draft last year. Is it that much deeper because you had fewer players taken last year and people either going back to college or high school kids or junior college kids staying an extra year? How has it impacted the depth?
0: You know, I don't know that it's impacted it all that much. Um, you know, the draft is only 20 rounds this year, as opposed to the 40 that it, that it was. I mean, I'm sure, you know, there are more players. I think one thing is, you know, teams have to kind of change what they're thinking of, is in terms of age. Uh, you know, I think the same thing happens, Neil, in the minor leagues now. The age for the level is not. I think we have to kind of change those metrics just a little bit because of the lost year uh, at at any level. You know, guys who are 22 entering into this draft, like I I don't know that you would put an X next to their name like some teams would, you know, their models have age built in. That said, there are plenty of guys who are the quote-unquote normal age for this draft class that might do better as a result. There's a larger pool of those guys who sort of would typically be thought of as the college seniors who aren't really – college seniors because the year didn't count in terms of uh, athletic eligibility at any rate. Certainly makes
4: sense. So the Rays have their top two picks at 28 and 34. Is this a good year to be picking at that point? Is it fairly deep and where is the draft deepest this year?
0: I, I think there is some depth. It's always good to be picking 28 because that means you had a good year the year before, right? I'm sure mm-hmm. that's what the Rays would tell you. But I, I think this is a really good year to be picking like seven or eight or 10 Uh, because there's not a huge separation between the top guys and the next rung. And there's a group of eight or 10 guys that, that makes sense. That said, I do think there is some depth uh, and, and and especially in what I think is the strength of the draft are high school hitters. Um, And that's not to say that the Rays or anybody in the back end of the first round are definitely going to look at, at high school hitters. There are four high school shortstops at the top who are likely to go in the top 10 and that's never happened, but that's not it. There's, there's a fairly substantial bucket of high school bats that could go in the back end of the first round, the comp round, where, you know, where those raised two picks are or second round, you know, so I think that could be a, a group to pick from. They're always going to be high school arms when you pick down there because high school pitching is generally considered to be the biggest risk group and teams get risk averse as the draft comes. And so there will be some high school arms to choose from. The Rays having that extra pick does help them because normally if you're picking at the end of the round, your draft, your bonus pool is not going to be that big. Having the comp pick adds to that and can allow them to maybe be a little more aggressive Uh, You know, it's what I think allowed them to take Nick Mm Bitsko. I know that's not gone well so far because of injuries, but I do think those are the kinds of risks the Rays should take uh, because their farm system is so rich and they're still so young that uh, they can afford to be uh, aggressive. I think when they've fallen short, you know, in retrospect, you know, you look at that, say that 10 years ago, that 2011 draft when they had every pick and they were very conservative. And I think if you get too conservative, like, well, we got to get all these guys signed and we need them to play, then, you know, I, I think you fall short. And the Rays are so good at developing young talent that I would not shy away from rolling uh, rolling that dice again.
4: So that brings me to a question I had asked Rob Metzler. The Rays, well, minor league baseball has changed. There's four full-season teams, and now you don't have, you know, maybe two or three short-season teams. It's just your complex league do you think teams will be somewhat adverse unless it, we're talking top of the draft to taking high school kids are more adverse just because of the jump they're eventually going to have to make from a Gulf coast league, Florida complex league, all the way to ball?
0: I feel more and more of guys taking any place in the first or even the second round, if they're high schoolers go straight to full season ball for that first full year. I, I don't, I don't think that that leap is that large. You know, the gap has, has shrunken uh, between High school ball and and minor league baseball, so you can send a guy out, have him play in the Gulf Coast League, send him to instructs, and then he you know likely be ready for full season ball. And you know maybe it'll be a, a little bit of a sink or swim for for some guys who are a little more raw, but you can always hold those guys back and give them another go round at the, at the complex leagues. So I, you know I don't think that there will be less of a, you know, of that sort of aversion to risk, then there might be, you know, some teams just kind of stay away from those, uh, those kinds of players in general.
4: Good stuff, Jonathan. Uh, we wish you a lot of luck with uh, your final mock. And uh, hopefully it's a very smooth week ahead with that mm-hmm. in the future game. Thanks, Neil. And that's Jonathan Mayo of MLB.com and MLB Network. He's also working the Futures game today. By the way, uh, good luck to the Rays representatives in the Futures game, Shane Boz and also Xavier Edwards. And thanks to Jonathan Mayo and each of our guests on the program today, All-Stars, Mike Zanino and Joey Wendell, as well as Rays coaches, Paul Hoover and Chad Mottola, who are going to the All-Star game. The entire coaching staff is since of course, Tampa Bay was in the World Series last year. Thanks to Orestes Destrata of Bally Sports Sun, Rays prospect Nico Holsizer, and also Rob Metzler, who heads up the draft for the Rays. If you ever have something you want to hear on the program, all you have to do is tweet me. You can do so at Neil Solon's. Next week, you're going to hear from Nick Anderson, plus the top Rays draft picks from today's MLB draft. For my producer, Rob Roman, I'm Neil Solon. Stay tuned. The pregame show is next. This is the Rays Baseball Network.
1: Thank you for listening to This Week in Rays Baseball. Breaking ball lifted to the air, way up there, in the right field and deep. Judge is going back towards the corner at the
6: wall. On! And the Rays jumping from Portal one.
1: If you missed any of the show, catch it on archive at RaysBaseball.com slash radio.
0: With first and second, the one-two pitch. Swing and a miss!
1: Hey,
6: Keep it right here. The Rays pregame show is next.